This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Hi, this is Denise Crosby. I play Tasha Yar on Star Trek The Next Generation, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome listeners to another cup of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the next generation. I'm your host, Amy Nelson, and today I have my two wonderful, amazing hosts, Joe Keegan and Justin Ozer. Joe, how are you today? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. 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 This is a good we, yes, um, because yes. I'm super excited about everything Star Trek at the moment, um, yes. given the short treks for me being in the uk will be on soon and we've just seen the new picard trailer and the new discovery season three trailer and i'm also really immersed in frank herbert's dune um at the moment and denis villeneuve is just finished production on the new his vision for dune for, for next year so i'm like my two favorite sci-fi franchises have lots happening next year so I'm kind of beside myself. Excellent. Very I'm, I'm good. Well, ca- we. I'm going to call it yeah. Joe Overload or Joverload. Joverload. <laughs> too much going nice. on. Activate the Joverload. <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, you were gone last week. I we was. missed you. So welcome back. Thank you so much. I was down. I was down in Oxford for my sister's party, and it was it was really good fun to see everybody. Lots of children. Which is good if you don't have children, like nieces and nephews, so you can go visit them and then like hand them back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to take anything yeah. home with oh, you. Oh, I know, I know. It's great. Yeah. I love it. And Justin, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing great. I think I said shortly before this recording, when I was able to see the Picard trailer, that I was just kind of in tears and emotionally compromised. I've recovered by now, but I mean, the. It's so amazing. We know it's coming in on January 23rd and the Discovery trailer was great. And I saw the short trek that has Spock in number one. So it's just so much. And now I have to refocus my head toward what we're actually talking about here because we're not going to spend a whole episode on that here. But just super excited about all the Star Trek stuff going on. It's just, you know, another great time to be a Star Trek fan. It is. Now, what did you say about January 23rd? What That's is that? when Picard is premiering. What? I didn't oh. know there was a date. What? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we didn't put it in the thread for this one because I was, but but yeah, January twenty third will be the first episode. Very exciting. And we've got a oh. short treks like every week between Schedule, now and then, yeah. pretty much. Every month, yeah. Is that yeah, every month? I think the. Uh, well, there, I think there's two in one month, but okay. But anyway, yeah. in the in the run up to it, and I think the one on January 9th, was it Children of Mars? That's likely a Picard one, so that'll be cool. 
Excellent. Mm -hmm. So, uh. well, lots of news going on here. Uh, so we are very excited, but we do have uh, an email that we would like to read. So Justin, you want to read that? Uh, yes, we got an email from Jason Loss in Arlington, Virginia. This was in regards to Earl Grey 291, which was the power of words where we had guest Shoab Mirza on. I think that was a great episode. Uh, so Jason says, in college, I took a class about Confucianism. On the very first day, our professor played a clip from Darmok. She did this because the Analects and the other classical Confucian texts we would be studying contained allusions to events and people that educated Chinese at the time would have instantly recognized, many of whom would have lived several hundred years before Confucius and his, his followers, but are now lost on us several thousand years later. True classical Chinese is not as metaphor-heavy as the language of the children of Tama, but experiencing this lesson was an important reminder that we're going to have to approach this material as complete outsiders. In fact, our translations left many terms completely untranslated because the original characters contained subtitles which would be lost in English. We weren't simply studying the ideas of any other philosopher. In order to truly grasp what was being said, we'd have to grasp an entire culture and world which wasn't our own. So Jason, just love that. I mean, we always love when Star Trek is used in the classroom, but that's really great that that professor showed Darmok just to demonstrate a way of thinking about something you would be studying that's also far removed and probably seemed very alien and different because it's from people and events that happened a long time ago. So thank you for sharing that. I had to read Jason's email like three times before because it's like it's profoundly deep kind of the impact it has and the fact that Darmok's kind of in some way relevant. And I'm always kind of struck by when American people tell me what they're studying at university, unless it's something like standard, like English or physics or maths or something. Um, some some of your subject choices are really heavy. I was like, I don't know if we have courses like that at our universities in the UK. Wait, what, what courses do you think would be heavy that you don't have as much in the UK? But like, was there not something about like Confucius? I can't even say it. Confucius? Confucianism? Confucianism? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty specific class Deeply about a specific, certain kind of yeah. philosophy. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, and in the humanities. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, there aren't classes. Yeah, or like philosophy. The the yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think, I'm a scientist, so I'm no, but I did all of that. Yeah, but but I think you would take a class that includes that. Not everybody would have a class on Confucianism or anything like that. No, no. It would be if you're taking it like as as an elective, or if it was part of your path for talking about philosophy or history mm, or something like okay. that. So I get it. Not standard. <laughs> By any means. No, I didn't. I didn't think it was standard. It's just no. the idea that it was a class on Confucianism. It's very specific, but I very, mean, I, yeah. yeah, and and I don't know if that was something that was undergraduate or graduate where they might delve into things more deeply. But mm. anyway, but I mean, very, very interesting yes, <laughs> the indeed. approach. So. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we are going to continue with our wonderful iTunes review. Now, listeners, we have a winner. However, no one has come up and claimed their prize. Justin, yes. what are we going to do about this? Well, so the, the person that we had announced, I think it was a couple episodes ago, as the winner of our iTunes giveaway uh, for the wonderful collectible cards that uh, associate producer Chris Trebuzio is, is donating, their name was just there as Lindy, first name L-E-E-N, and then just an initial for last name, I guess, of D, as in David. So if you're listening to this, let us know. Message me or Amy or Joe to let us know and to and to claim that at a certain point, 
I think we're going to have to, uh, let's say if someone, if they don't come forward by October 31st, we're going to have to give it to someone else. So make sure you come forward or if you know who that person is, let them know. So. Yeah, we would love to send you this, these cards. They're wonderful. And Joe really needs his uh, replacement <laughs> cards. <Yeah>. So <laughs> he needs someone to trade with because I still refuse to open the box and Amy doesn't have what he wants. Oh, do you so. know? Amy, have you? Have you s- yeah, I still haven't checked. Oh, oh so. or she hasn't Sorry. checked. Sorry. Uh, Joe, we don't work for you. So <laughs> you should. You can't. You can't. I need a set. That's having an effect on my mental health. I'd really I'm need sorry, a full you, set of cards. You, you're not Captain Keegan that can order us to do things, okay? I'm going to go into another Joverload in a minute. <laughs> I will put my ensigns in charge of finding the numbers, i.e. my student uh, helpers. <laughs> Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, they do whatever I tell them to do. <laughs> cool. So kids, go online and buy some of these cards and no, see if No, 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 through my cards. He, they can oh, look to sort through, through your cards. Okay, yeah. see, I was thinking of a more comprehensive approach, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that probably wouldn't be good. All right, yeah. so let's get to some of the uh, <laughs> iTunes feedback that yes. we got. Okay, so again, listeners, we're just catching up on some of the iTunes feedback we've gotten in the last couple of months. So we had a review from Matthew Benware. Um, via Apple Podcasts in the U.S. This is from July 3rd. Subject is 1,000 stars. As soon as I saw that, I was like, wow. Uh, but of course, through Apple Podcasts, you could only give five stars, but that's the highest you can give, so that's good. Uh, so Matthew says, I would give this podcast 1,000 stars if I could. Each week surprises me on how well the show is made and the amount of effort Justin, Amy, and newly added Joe put into making it the very best it can be. I look forward to new episodes and hearing what I consider to be my Star Trek family have to share. Bravo. Wow, Matthew. I mean, that is just, we're just floored by, by the praise. It's its incredible. Thank you so much. And uh, there's one that mentions you, Joe, when you were new a little bit I, ago. I know. Yeah, it was. It doesn't feel like I've been doing it that long. Um, all the way back in July. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Matthew. That's so kind of you to say. Um, and it, it's kind of heartwarming that we're his Star Trek family. Yeah. Yes. Has, has Matthew been to STLV or is he on your list to encourage to go, Amy? Because we'd love to meet well, him. Well, he's now on my <laughs> list, Matthew. Please come. Consider coming next August to Star Trek Las Vegas. Run, and Matthew, really run. participate. <laughs> participate in the Trek family. It's, it's wonderful. Ah, lovely. We also have another iTunes review from David Plummer. Um, it's via Apple Podcasts, and he's in somewhere in the US. And it's from the 3rd of July. Is that right? You read that correctly, yes. Thank yes. you. Excellent. The same day as uh, Matthew. Uh, Matthew. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So the subject is podcast Earl Grey Hot, which clearly is a reference to me. Um, <laughs> and it's a five-star review. He says, one of my must-listens in a good family of Star Trek-related podcasts. A lot of good discussion with a variety of hosts and guests, covering a wide variety of topics ranging from TNG's characters and themes to specific episodes and movies, even stuff like playing through a Star Trek role-playing game. It can be intimidating to dive into a really long-running show like this, but the quality has been consistently good, and the wide variety of topics makes it easy to start anywhere along the way based on what you find interesting definitely recommended yeah david thanks very much for your your review um i i agree 
I didn't start listening to Earl Grey until last year when I was introduced to it. And then soon after that, I, I guested on it. And then soon after that, I became a host. So I've still yet to catch up on the the 250-something episodes that I've not listened to yet. So yeah. Um, and who introduced you to Earl Grey? Oh, some unknown. Um, Somebody uh, recruiting some for a future podcaster? host, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Nelson, I think. Oh, that's you. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think it, it is a, a really great point. I, maybe it can be intimidated because we're recording episode number 295, but by no means do you have to listen to the 294 before that in order to understand what we're getting at. I think really the only requirement is that you've seen all of TNG because we do kind of go all over the place in terms of, of where we reference. But if you have seen that, like many Star Trek fans have, then you should be good to jump in anywhere and whenever you can get to the back catalog is great. It's just, you know, extra material. But yeah, thank you so much for that uh, review, David. Yeah. Thank you, David. And yeah, our uh, podcast is just like TNG. It's episodic, so you can just jump in anywhere. <laughs> and plus, it's useful to have seen all of TNG because the statute of limitations has passed on not providing spoilers. So we probably will yes. spoil something somewhere along the way. Yeah, but I would say if you're listening to this and you haven't seen all of TNG, tell us what the experience is like. We'd be interested to know. <laughs> well, let's get to some Babel Conference feedback for our recent episode 293, which was Deleted Scenes Part 3. We have Kimberly Lawler, who writes, Great episode. My favorite of the deleted scenes was definitely the Riker-Troy one, as it gave more insight into Riker and showed their unique connection. I do understand why they took it out, though, as it mirrored much, much of the conversation between Riker and Guinan. I also enjoyed your discussion on family history. I think it's very human to want to know more about where and who you come from. So thank you, Kimberly, for your comment. And yes, it's always good to see Riker and Troy. Uh, yeah, definitely. And we just saw them in a trailer today, which is amazing. <laughs> and she continues, hashtag still listening. I would have liked another deleted scene from family between Picard and Crusher as the A and C storylines didn't directly connect in this episode, but there are a lot of potential for them to. So maybe an extra scene at the beginning before Deanna is talking to Picard or at the end when he comes back from France. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. I feel like I'm going to keep bringing this back, but but I was thinking about Crusher today because we haven't seen whether she's going to be in Picard. I hope so. But yeah, seeing more of Picard and, and Crusher in family would have been, yeah, great to kind of connect those those things together. Yeah. And sorry, I know we're going to invariably keep talking about the trailer that you've just <laughs> seen, but that's yep. when um, Riker turns around. After yeah. his son says it's Jean-Luc Picard, that is the point I became emotionally compromised. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think it was like five seconds in where I was like, Oh, really? Okay. Picard. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But is nobody, is nobody in Starfleet anymore? Has everybody left? Because Riker and Troy don't appear to be in Starfleet. And I mean, it's been a while. So. People retire, you know. I know, but yeah. Picard Life is like 94. Life expectancy is like what 150. I know, or I know. And so. McCoy's still in Starfleet when he's 137, right? <laughs> yeah, in, indeed, he's an admiral, so no excuse. <laughs> Get back to work, people. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that'll be the arc. They all go back into Starfleet by the end of the season. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a kind of running joke, not really a funny joke, in the UK about they keep on increasing the pension age when you get your state pension. 
Um, and we joke about like currently I have to be I have to work till I'm sixty eight until I get my pension. Um, and I'm like by the time I get there, I'll have moved the goalposts forward. So I, I fully expect to still be teaching when I'm ninety seven, and then I can get my pension. <laughs> yeah. The government will be like, uh, "What do you mean you've way. died? Get back to work." <laughs> Oh, God. Yep. In any case, uh, Chris Tribuzio says, Great episode. My mind is blown by this little nugget of that six degrees of 47 separation. I will forever know that 16309 is a distant cousin of the famous 47. Oh, my mind is still blown by that. Um, I know. Wow. That is I know. so crazy. Like, I think it's so mind-blowing but also not many people really commented about that. But come on, people, 47 times 347 is 16309, which is the Reliant prefix code from Wrath of Khan. But anyway, it's fine. We thought we made a huge discovery and everybody's mind would be blown. But thank you, Chris, that that yours was. Um, <laughs> so maybe there was one other comment from somebody who whose mind was blown, but it's 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 because I didn't preface it with, this is a math moment. No, oh, right. No, I, yeah. I, Teacher Amy is, or sorry, Ms. Nelson is telling me to pay attention to this part of the podcast. I've been so. I've been struck dumb again by it. It's profoundly affected me again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the opposite well, of a Jova load. It. <laughs> it's the opposite. What's that? And what's that? The opposite of an overload? Underload? No. no. Underwhelmed. <laughs> Underwhelmed? Underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. Relaxed. Comatose? I don't know. We have, to, we have to put a J in front of it. So we have like Joverload yeah. and the opposite of Joverload would be a... Jomatose? <laughs> Jomatose. <laughs> uh, Justin knows I gets wow. an award for wordplay. Well done, Justin. Weird wordplay going on. <laughs> uh, I'm somewhere in between Jomatose and Joverloaded. Yeah, I don't know what the... the name of this episode is going to be, but it's possible that it may be one of the things we're talking about before we get into the discussion. That never happens. Yeah. Anyway, we also have Paloma Bennett who says, the only deleted scene that I would like to see is the one where Riker and Deanna Troy talk about Captain Picard. That sounded like it would complicate the story. So another person liking that deleted Riker and Troy scene and that it would uh, complicate things in that episode. So yeah, I agree. I mean, more Troy and Riker is always great, right? Why they ever cut any of that? I know. It was right? such a good conversation between them as well. So important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, listeners. Well, let's get to today's discussion. And we have a wonderful idea brought to us by Joe, who uh, found a great YouTube clip about Picard's inspirational speeches. And we thought, you know what? That is going to make a wonderful discussion. And so we're going to talk and share our three picks. Now, we haven't shared with each other what they are, so it's going to be very interesting if there are any overlaps. I want to also point out that I went about this by watching that video and making sure I chose nothing that was in that video and no episodes that were in that video. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. So I probably interpreted this differently because I was looking at all those moments. I was like, these are great, but let me see what else I can dig for and we'll see if it works. Okay. Well, maybe... Uh, it's Justin being Justin again. Yeah, thinking outside the yeah, box. But, but as long as there's no, uh, you no, know, There will be no time travel. travel. And Joe said before you joined Amy, there will be no Jellico, so it's fine. Okay, excellent. I wonder so how long safe. we're going to milk that time travel Jellico. Yep. Forever. Forever. <laughs> forever. Okay. 
All right. So let's get to our picks. And since I'm hosting, I'm going to go first because I don't want my picks taken. No? All right. <laughs> okay, can I, host. can we institute a rule for this sharing? That we have okay. to do it in our best Picard. We can't just read oh. it. We have to have gravitas with it. I can have, have gravitas, to. but without the accent. No, you have That's to do nice. it. You have to try it because I've tried it before. Mm-mm. I know I was reading mine because I was talking to my mom about it. And as I was reading the words, I'm like, they just don't sound as good. I feel, as when Patrick I feel like Stewart I'm going to try for something, but you guys are going to laugh and it's going to totally undercut the inspirational aspect of it. So I would never laugh. That's right. completely Joe's. That's category. Joe. Okay. I, I, yeah. I will, How dare I will you, Amy t- Nelson, imply that I would laugh <laughs> at somebody's a- attempt at performance? I just I'm know you. I'm appalled and shocked. <laughs> So, so are you Joe Paul? <laughs> Joe Paul, Joe Paul. <laughs> just, just shocked. That's a Romulan word. Just shock or yeah, just shock. Yeah, yeah. could be an odd Vulcan name. Anyway. The name of this episode is whatever we choose with a J apostrophe in front of it. You're gonna you're gonna be doing it as Jacquard. <laughs> no. no, no, no. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> You guys, it's a cross okay. between Jakar from Babylon Five and Picard. Anyway, okay, <laughs> but that was a G, so not a J. Okay, fine. It was a J sound. Wow, this is getting way off track already. But I will All give right, it a guys. try for my first one. If it doesn't work and you laugh, I will not do it for the other ones. Okay. Have to but Amy, if you you were gonna pick before, <laughs> before we interrupt. Yes, you. Go ahead. my gosh, it's like <laughs> herding cats over here. All right, so I have my notebook ready and. Uh, the first one that I chose was from the offspring, and Lal is being ordered to be removed and taken away. Um, and so Picard is talking to, oh, I forget his name. What's that, Admiral? Hafto. Yeah. And he, Picard starts and says, there are times, sir, when men of good conscience Conscience cannot blindly follow orders. You acknowledge their sentience, but ignore their personal liberties, their freedoms. Order a man to hand his child over to the state, not while I'm captain. And I loved this quote. I think, you know, it's Picard standing up for what's right. And I always love when it's not just about following orders, because there's always going to be this chain of command and you know, whether it's in your job or in your profession or, you know, in following rules and government. Um, So to have the courage to stand up specifically to someone uh, who is in a power of position over you, excuse me, who's a position of power over you, um, I think takes great courage and I think it is very inspirational. And I also think that this comment and little speech that he makes here is very apropos to what is going on currently politically uh, with the border here in the U.S. So I think it is a very good, amazing, inspirational quote. Great choice. Bad Picard. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I. It, but seriously, it is a really great choice. And it comes after uh, Measure of a Man when he's arguing for Data's rights, and now he's arguing for Lal's rights. Uh, and and it is just, just really great where he sees this as, hey, this is someone's child. You can't just take them away 
without the parent's consent, if the parent's not mistreating them or something, and just say, we know best, we're just going to take take her somewhere else. Uh, so it's it's really great that he stands up to that. And you see that again and again with Picard, where he does respect the chain of command, but he's not going to blindly follow orders. If something seems morally wrong, he's going to say no to it. And that's the great thing about Picard. Absolutely. That was one of my picks, but I picked about 12 just to ensure that there was no overlap. So <laughs> yes. so much to choose from. I only picked five because I knew you guys would pick from this video and I wouldn't. <laughs> I did not pick from the video though. Ooh, oh, Ooh. we'll see what happens then. Hmm, hmm. But you um, did pick one, just ones that were in the video, Amy? No, no? I okay. started with the video and then expanded because there was one that is my really favorite that's i'm saving till the end okay and hopefully it won't get picked but. okay but no that's that's a really great pick and but from that one episode. yes was from the video i like yes. it and i like it for the reasons that you mentioned that he's standing up for what is the right thing to do and not just following orders because if i think as a captain he gets that balance right pretty much all the time mm-hmm. orders when to follow orders right and when to mutiny Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Justin, let's go to you next. Okay. So for my first pick, and yes, I am going to try my Picard. Man, I hope it's not bad. It'll probably be bad. You're you're excited, Joe, because I'm actually taking the challenge. So here's here's what I took. This is from All Good Things, and specifically toward the end um, when Picard is in, you know, the past of the episode, which would have been around... Uh, well, at Encounter at Farpoint, really, but it's the alternate version of it. And basically, it's getting toward the end, and Picard has not revealed a lot of things, and he's really been kind of mysterious, but they've been following his orders. And there comes, you know, a, a certain point where Picard is saying, well, it may be dangerous to take the ship in, and O'Brien's like, well, where are you taking it? And and Tasha's like, can you give us some kind of explanation? And it's like, hey, we've obeyed every order that you've had, we're owed an explanation. And then Picard, I think, gives such an amazing speech uh, to try to convince them basically to sacrifice their lives for this greater cause. So here goes, I don't know if this is anything like a good Picard, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try, Joe. So hold on. Okay, please, please do it. Go. I understand your concerns, Lieutenant. And I know if I were in your position, I would be doing the same thing, looking for answers. But you're not going to find any, because I don't have any to give you. I know it is difficult for you to understand, but we have to take the ship into the very center of the phenomenon and create a static warp shell. Now, this will put the ship at risk. Quite frankly, we may not survive. But I want you to believe that I am doing this for a greater purpose, and that what is at stake here is more than any of you can possibly imagine. I know you have doubts about me, about each other, about the ship. All I can say is that although we have only been together for a short time, I know that you are the finest crew in the fleet, and I would trust each of you with my life. So I am asking you for a leap of faith and to trust me. I don't even know what kind of accent that was, but anyway, it's a great speech, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's a really great speech and a great attempt. So well done. Thanks is it a great for... attempt? Yes. Like, what it was is. I doing? It was, I felt very moved when you first started i was like oh my gosh you were doing so well it was great when i first started but then how did it go after that <laughs> yeah no it was good it was good 
That's but but yeah, like, I, but but I I really and and I think it's something sometimes maybe that gets overlooked because there's so much that's going on in all good things, and you know we tend to fixate on wow, there's all these three time periods, and they're going back to the beginning, and they're going to the future, and all of that. But I always found that was amazing that he could inspire people that really kind of barely knew him, but he knew them so well because it is the same Picard that's been through all of these things for seven years, and he's going back uh, to to talk to them and to, and to inspire them. So I, th- I think that's pretty amazing that, that he can do that. Although there is like a small question in my mind as I talk about it, like was Q manipulating things so they would still do it? Mm, I don't know. But, but it, it, but, but I think what mattered when I was thinking about these picks is does it inspire me? Um, and I think very much when I see that scene and when I hear the speech, it, it really inspires me. Like there are some things where there's a greater purpose and we need to, look past the danger and make sacrifices in order for, for something that that's better. And uh, people can really be inspired by that. And I'm inspired by Picard to just think, yeah, if I was in a, of course, we're not going to be in a situation like they are in the episode, but if I'm in a situation where something is on the line and it really matters to stand up and do something, I really hope that I would and be inspired by those words. Yeah. That's really interesting. I always, I always like to think that I would always do the right thing in a critical situation um, but I don't know that I no, I would you, you may not know until like, you're in that yeah, situation that's true. Maybe, you know? there was a time when some colleagues and I were out on a school trip and it was like an outdoor pursuits thing and it was the, like, the dead of night and the kids were in this forest doing their activity and they had light, the kids had lights, the staff outside the forest didn't have lights, and it was pitch dark. And I thought at the corner of my eye, I saw something run, some black figure run by us. And my instinct was to grab another member of staff and put them in between me and what this black figure was. And it was purely instinctive. It was just darkness and just some figure was moving through and you tried to protect yourself by protect putting myself, in front of you? Protect myself, not protecting mm. the people that were with me. And I was, oh, I, was I was, kind of disturbed by it for that reason, that I, I hope that I would always try and protect the people around me. So, mm. But your instinct maybe took over. It did, yeah. That fight or flight thing. Wow, interesting. I wanted to fly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, uh, you know, talking about, you know, seeing the big picture. And one thing that I always think with Picard, like he's captain of the ship. He has all the information. And sometimes I feel sort of hesitant like you, Joe. It's like I want to do the right thing. And then like this little doubt creeps in and it's like, but do I have all the information? Because maybe there's something that I'm not aware of. And so if I do this, it might make things worse. And I know that's just self-doubt and I need to, you know, overcome that. Uh, And so Picard can definitely inspire us to do that. All right. Uh, Great pick, Justin. Joe, give us your first pick. Okay. I think I'm going to choose. Where is it? it, 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 it? Okay. So this is from, I don't think it's particularly inspirational, but I think it's really savvy. Um, what Picard does at this point. It's from the Ensigns of Command. And you know there the data has been sent down to the planet to evacuate the population because the Sheliac uh, want to come with a, a host of 
their people and create a colony on the planet and terraform it. Um, and the Picard and the crew of the Enterprise are trying to put them off actually colonizing the world, the, the planet that the humans are on, and they need three weeks in order to for transports to come and evacuate all the human colonists. And when they find the solution, it's kind of genius, and I love it. And Picard says, and I, I love the, the way he says it because he cha- his tone completely changes halfway through it, which is I think is genius. So he says, Pursuant to paragraph 1290, I hereby formally request third-party arbitration of our dispute. And then the Shelley Act going, yes, that's fine. Furthermore, pursuant to subsection D31, I name the Grisellas to arbitrate. Unfortunately, they are currently in their hibernation cycle. However, they will awaken in six months, at which time we can get this matter settled. Now, do you want to wait? Or give me my three weeks. Like I like it just because his tone changes through it, and it becomes a bit more kind of conciliatory. Um, and there's a there's a cheekiness, like there's a twinkle in his eye. He's like, hmm, "What are mm-hmm. you going to do now, Shelley? Like, all powerful, mm-hmm. and you thought you had us over a barrel, but you don't. So they get their three weeks in the end. Yes, they do." He's victorious. Indeed. Yeah. You know, I, th- I thought about that. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's something inspirational about being able to find a way through a difficult situation to kind of use your adversaries, what they think is their advantage against them. They think their advantage is, hey, there's this treaty and it's airtight and Picard finds something to use to his advantage. Um, and, and that's also, I think, the, the scene where the Sheliak starts protesting, I think, and then he cuts the transmission, just kind of leisurely walks over and puts his wipes his finger to dust the plaque and like has them wait because they're hailing. So he's really enjoying that moment because they've kind of like tortured him with this through the episode and put him in such a difficult situation. So yeah, I, I think that's a great pick. And I think there is something inspiring in trying to find, trying to find a way because he's really finding a way to save people's lives through this. He's finding a way to save lives by using what they think is their advantage against them, which is really great. Right. Yeah. Sort of one of my favorite quotes from Lauda's A Whisper, turn a disadvantage into an advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly Since we're talking on. inspirational quotes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, yes. Like you, Joe, I have many picks, and I'm trying to decide which one to read next. I can't believe we only have three because... <laughs> This could go on forever. Um, okay. So I'm going to choose the one, and I do apologize. I didn't write down the episode. It's the episode where Rasmussen comes, and he Matter says he's time. from the future. Matter of time. Thank you. And I just feel like his speech and what he's talking to Rasmussen uh, is so poignant and so applicable to how we need to live our lives. Um, and so he's talking to Rasmussen and trying to have him give a clue on how they are to resolve this uh, saving a planet type of thing. And he says, I have sworn to uphold 
and he was talking about the prime directive. Uh, I've, I have sworn to uphold it, but nevertheless, I have disregarded that directive on more than one occasion because I thought it was the right thing to do. And he continues and says, but every choice we make allows us to manipulate the future. Do I invite Adrienne or Suzanne to the spring dance? Do I take my holiday on Corsica or Risa? A person's life, their future, hinges on each of a thousand choices. Living is making choices. And I love that because it is our choices. It's how we respond. It's how we choose to act that makes our life what it is. I love that personal responsibility and accountability for our own happiness and what we do uh, that, you know, molds and manipulates the future. So that is my second pick. That's mm. a good pick. I like it, yeah. I like that. I, I enjoy that episode um, quite a bit. I mean, even after you rewatch it, you know where he's really from and what's really going on. But, but yeah, I, th- I think there is something that's that's very inspirational about thinking about the choices we make and how they affect things and I, and i like how they really dive into that in the episode yeah yeah choices are i've got a pick that's kind of a little bit similar to this but if you think over it's not something you can overthink because you'll end up in some kind of loop and drive yourself insane about the choices you make um they are very important, but I think you just have to go with your gut sometimes. And I know that's a choice in itself, but um, I guess as good a decision as any sometimes. Yeah, and I, I'm always telling my students as well, like, you know, you need to make a choice. Are you going to do your homework tonight? Are you going to turn in? Are you going to study? Like these choices... And if you don't make a choice, that in and of itself is a choice. You are, you are controlling your destiny on how you, you know, earn your grades. And then, you know, hopefully that will translate to them being proactive in their life and not being reactive. I, I just think it's an amazing life lesson. So, Yeah, that thing about teaching and choices with students is so useful don't know how successful they have used it in the past in terms of like student doesn't make the grade to get into the next higher up level and they say oh but I worked really hard I didn't study last time that's why I failed can please let me do this more advanced level of physics um, I'm like well no you should have made that choice last type last year and got the grade and mm-hmm. because statistically speaking they'll do the same thing again this year a new Xbox or PlayStation game will come out and they'll decide, choose to play that instead of doing their homework. Um, so school's full of choices for kids. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's full of choices. And also I think part of it is habits as well, because they might have the habit like, Ooh, a new game comes out. I've got to do that right now and prioritize it over that. And they don't have the habit of like, well, maybe I should just wait for that a little bit, do this first. And then as a reward, I can play the game or something like that. It's, it's interesting because I think it's a complex thing to think about, especially when you're a kid and learning that, you know, and that kind of discipline to, to not just go off into what you want to do at the moment, but what you should be doing for your yep. future. Yes. Not seeing <laughs> yeah. what's best for you. It's that thing of yeah. like teenage invulnerability. Like it will never Ugh. happen to me. Yes. I will, I will be the exception to the rule, which nobody ever really is 
very rarely. I was there. I was there as well. Teaching lessons. (laughs) All right, Justin, uh, give us your second pick. Yeah, well, I... It's funny, while we were talking, I think I added some more things, so maybe it's become more difficult. But um, And I know there's one I think I want to choose, if you guys don't choose it for your third pick, but I'll hold that in reserve maybe. Um, but I think I'm going to go ahead with... It's funny, this is also a pick, I think, that that's about inspiration of the crew, but in a very different circumstance. <clears throat> So this is in yesterday's Enterprise. We've probably talked about this moment before, but I love that you know you have this alternate version of Picard, but it's clear that he's in different circumstances, but he's really fundamentally the same kind of person. He's just been put into these difficult circumstances in, in this war that's been going on with the the Klingons. Um, so it's it's uh, it's toward the the end of it when he's trying to again inspire people to sacrifice themselves. Um, so he says. attention all hands as you know we could outrun the klingon vessels but we must protect the enterprise c until she enters the temporal rift and we must succeed let's make sure history never forgets the name enterprise i mean and that's like it's inspiring on multiple levels actually because it's inspiring on the level of the crew that's in this situation like oh you know we've we've got to do this it's really important but then it's inspiring as Star Trek fans to hear that line and that every Star Trek fan probably knows, let us, history never forget the name Enterprise. Because at that point, you're thinking about what's come before for the Enterprise D, but also for, you know, the original 1701 and the refit and like all this stuff that's happened. It's just like inspiring for the characters and it's inspiring for the audience and just kind of on a, a, a personal level, it's, it's, it's also like there are important circumstances. Let's make sure that we make the right impact on history. So I just love that. It's like a short little thing, but it's just, I find it inspiring on like all these different levels. I found a similarity between the yesterday's enterprise quote and the, the all good things one previously, there's something he's doing there where, um, he's, well, Obviously, he's given a speech to the crew to inspire them and make them possibly make difficult choices. But he's been a father figure as well, I think, in both situations. And there's something about, like, you're the the all good things one. You're the, the best crew that there's ever been. And let history never forget the name Enterprise. There's something interesting also that's going on. Like for all good things, he's in the the past time frame, and they barely know him. So there's this kind of really long explanation. But in for for yesterday's Enterprise, they've been together. Presumably in that timeline, it's similar for you know three ish years or something like that. And so it's kind of a shorter appeal. Like I, I trust you, you trust me. Let's just like bring up all these reserves and all this experience we have together and go for it. So I think it's interesting. It's kind of a shorter speech. He doesn't need as much in that one to explain. Yeah, Joe, when you said that you found a similarity, I was going to say the exact same thing between just in your two picks and yeah, about rallying the troops. And, you know, it is that is so inspirational and you want to do the best, not only like, you know, do your best to please like you say, a father figure or someone who, you know, you respect, but, you know, do your best for yourself. And I think Picard brings out both of those 
because people definitely do want to please him and, you know, make him proud. And I was like, man, I, I'm hoping that after this recording that I will be able to inspire my students. I always give them a little pep talk at the beginning of every quiz and test and, you know, tell them, all right, we've done this. We've done all of this work in class and I love you and you're going to do great. And then I grade their test, but that's another story. <laughs> so what would be the equivalent in your math class, Amy? Would it be like, let history never forget the name Pythagoras or something like that? <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to come up with something inspirational. So keep on bringing the quotes, Justin. Keep history them coming. History never forget the name USS Nelson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> for me, it would be like, for me, it would be like, let history never forget the name Einstein. Newton, I was going to say yeah. Joe Keegan. I mean, Pascal. he's already famous, right? <laughs> True, yeah. Now I am. <laughs> Let history never forget the fundamental theorem of algebra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't have it doesn't a nice work as much. And I don't have flames like coming up around you to inspire the speech. So, yeah. You know. But oh no, I'm I'm glad that and and it hadn't occurred to me that they were kind of similar moments until I talked about them. But yeah, I'm in a science lab. I could set fire to something and then see. It. <laughs> no. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, give oh, us your second pick. Uh, okay, so this is from the very end of Generations. Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, I, was, <laughs> I, I switched back to the Zoom view um, so I could see your facial expressions to see if somebody else has picked it, but sorry, Amy. I've... All right. Okay. No, it's good, so I'm glad you got it. Yeah, no, it is, it is really good. Um, there's There's quite a lot of... Um, good speeches and generations um, but this one I chose because um, it has changed the definition like that's existed throughout the movie um, to make it a bit friendlier so Picard's talking to Riker in the, the ruins of what is the Enterprise D's saucer section someone once told me that time is a predator that stalks all of our lives but I rather believe that time is a companion who goes with us on the journey, reminds us to cherish every moment, because they'll never come again. What we leave behind is not as important as how we lived. After all, number one, we're only mortal. Speak and for like, yourself, you I plan to live there, forever. And then Riker says... Say again? <laughs> you can't leave it there, because Riker says next. What is, what, I only got that bit. Oh, 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 Justin, oh, do you know? Oh, no, it's like we're only yeah. mortal, but there's a twinkle in his eye no. again. No, no, no. no. And it's, then Riker. It's, it's, I, I think he says, I don't know about you, sir, but I plan to live forever. I, uh, exactly, <laughs> yes. I'm yes. like, okay. It's like you just can't leave it there. You're leaving me hanging. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, great pick, Joe. Because like throughout generations, um, uh, what's his name? Tolian Soren. It says like time is the fire of which we burn and... Obviously, um, Picard's lost any time that he would get to spend with um, Robert and his nephew. Um, and that's just completely heartbreaking. But then by the end of it, I don't know how quickly he got over a loss like that, but he seems to almost go over it a little bit too quick. And that the concept of time being something that chases us through our lives and catches us when we die has changed and he's changing it into a friend that makes those choices with us throughout our lives. You know, that 
has been an important and I think transitional quote for me as well. You know, being now 46 years old and, you know, not married. And, and so it's for so many years, the twenties and the, my thirties. And it's like, Oh, you need to get married. You need to get married. And it was, it, this time aspect was chasing me and, you know, re- watching generations and understanding that quote much better now in my life, time is a companion. It's, I'm not, you know, worried about, oh, I'm getting older and stuff like that. It's, I'm living my life the way that I want to. And time is my friend. So that is a great, great yeah. quote. Well, and I, and I mean, also, those are other people's expectations upon you, right? Um, and And I think it's a shame sometimes when those other expectations can can sometimes occupy your mind away from how you want to live your life and what you want to do. But, but it is a really beautiful thing. Like, yeah, the time is a companion and it's, it's not some like enemy stalking you. It's, it's something you can, you can live with and that helps to kind of, you know, move things along and see what's around the corner and what's next. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great picture. Um, I was, what you were saying, Amy, I think, I look back on time, I look back on my 20s and 30s and kind of wish, oh, I wish I'd done something different. But then obviously if I'd made different choices then, then I wouldn't be what I'm just now. And even though we live in a one-bedroom flat and it's too small for the four of us, um, I'm happy, you know, got you The four of you includes the two dogs, right? They are human dogs, yes. Um, (laughs) Sure. It was Jadzia's um, eighth birthday the other day. Oh, and I, happy birthday, Jadzia. I got her some... Is she 347 slumber. or is her symbiont 347? 347 <laughs> minus 339. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, so she was eight, yeah. Um, and I got her a, a birthday card and I got her some toys and uh, a rainbow unicorn and some lamb's liver. <laughs> because she is she is part of my family and so point was if i made because i think i wasted a lot of time in my 20s and i didn't maximize my potential in any way and maybe some of my 30s no no that's not true because i was teaching in my 30s i think i was doing being of service to humanity in my 30s so that's a good thing and i was with you in my 30s yeah everything was good in my 30s 20s kind of almost wasted so I wish I could change aspects of it but did you, but actually... Did you, did you make certain choices or make certain mistakes that you learn from later? I, th- uh, I just always yeah, wonder because about they, that. Yeah, make who you are now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wish I'd done, maybe done things earlier. I would mm. like to have been what I am now when I was 32 and not 42. Oh, yeah. And not but would, you, would you have appreciated it as much then? Probably not. I think it's taken me this yeah. long. They say like men don't mature until they're in their 40s. And I think I'm really oh immature. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with you. I'm the most immature person I know. Speak for yourself. I plan to mature forever. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not even close to no. Um, no, but I mean, it's it's really interesting to think about and to reflect back on because, like, if I think about my own life, I think there are certain choices I've made, mistakes that I've made that have helped to make me who I am and and what I needed to be now. But there's still a lot to go. Um, I guess I'm the youngest of us. I'm about to turn 40. <laughs> but um, I, it, but I, I just think about there are still things that I want to do. And still, I know that I'm not quite where I need to be in certain parts of my life. And that's okay, because we can always improve those those things. And there may be things that I wish I would have done differently. But if they, like you said, Joe, if those would have been different, you wouldn't be where you are now. So I think th- there are those important lessons. And if everything was perfect and we knew everything like when we were born, then what's the point of living? It's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Wow, we're going deep. Okay. I know, we are. <laughs> Generations oh. is a deeper movie, I think, than a lot of people give it credit for. Yeah, it, it's so good. Okay, so for my last pick, oh, I still can't decide. I hope that we have time for one round of honorable mentions because I one. am going to just... I have just... like five. No. no. Oh, okay. Well, I have more, but all right. Yeah, we will. So the one that I just love, and it is very short, um, and it comes from peak performance. And this is the one where Data uh, second guesses himself and he locks himself in his quarters and Picard comes to him and was like, you are my first officer. And Data's like, well, I haven't figured out where my flaws are and I'm running diagnostics and uh Picard is just like okay here's you can form a hypothesis you know tell me what to do about Riker and the high high Hiawatha yeah 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 and so and he's walking out and then Picard just turns and says and commander it is possible to commit no mistakes and still lose that is not a weakness that is life. And oh my gosh. Oh. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> you came me. I oh. mean, you're you're moved by it. It's it, it and it's something that uh, I think we can we can really learn from, right? I mean, it's it's possible that you do everything right and it still doesn't work out, but that's just part of the experience of life, you know. Yeah. I think you may have to talk for a bit, Joe. I think I think, uh, I think <laughs> I was going to need a moment. There's another there's another teaching moment um, about mistakes, and I was telling students the other day about um, mistakes are just as valuable in your experience and your learning as getting things right. You won't learn anything if you just keep on getting everything right. When you get things wrong, you go back and go, "Why did I get it wrong? What did I do?" how to fix it, and then you fix it, and you never make that mistake again, hopefully. Um, so, yeah. Okay, thanks, guys, for covering me. <clears throat> so, and I like this because um, I try to do everything to the best of my ability. And when you do that and things still don't work out and you're just going over and over and trying to figure out, well, what did I you know, where was my mistake? What happened? And so that it won't happen again. Like that's how we learn exactly like you you were saying, Joe. Um, But to have that comfort that, yeah, you can do everything right and you still might not get the outcome you want. And that is life. 
And so to learn how to accept that may be difficult, but it is very important lesson to learn. I think life is all about acceptance as well. I think you maybe hit the nail on the head there. Um, there's things that you can, no matter how much work you do, you can't change some things. And so a lot of the time you just have to adapt to things that you can't change. And if you can't integrate them into your life, then you maybe just have to say, no, I can't change it and it's not useful to me, it's not purposeful, so I have to set it aside and not deal with it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's one of those things when he says that it's possible to commit no mistakes you know, and, and still lose. That's, that's just life that actually I hadn't really thought about too much be, uh, before I first saw that episode, because, you know, I've, I've often thought about things like, okay, there are mistakes that you make and then you can learn from those, but it's possible that, you know, there is like almost like a checklist of things you can do to get things right, to get the outcome or the goal that you want. But it doesn't necessarily work that way. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that there are times in life when things don't happen the way that they should, even if you've done everything that you think you need to do. There's, you know, more than 7 billion people in the world, right? Trying to do, trying to do things in their lives and go through opportunities and all of that. And, you know, sometimes it almost seems like there isn't enough room for like everybody to get everything all the time that they want, right? There are ups and downs in life and it's important just to accept that and just keep going the best you can is what I've, I've taken from it. Yeah. Justin, just a point of note, there are almost 7.8 billion people on the planet. Is it really? It's getting toward, well, I said over seven, so it's still accurate, but maybe not much longer. It's a terrifyingly large number (laughs) of people on the planet. Almost 8 uh, billion. How many people are on earth in the 24th century? Do we know? Hmm. Well, how many people That's were killed in World War Three? I think it's like uh, six hundred million. Six hundred yeah. million. So, when does that, that happen? That happens like in the twenty. Some, I think it's supposed to be like twenty twenties to twenty fifties, something like that. Yeah, that's ish. what I was thinking. Yeah. So yeah, that knocks down the population, which means there are some maybe some like seven billion people still on the planet in twenty sixty three. So. Hopefully we'll fix it enough. Then people start to colonize and lots of people leave. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think so what, what, what people don't realize sometimes is that the population growth that's still going on now is is because of some things that have happened in the past. Actually, if the present trends continues, the population should level off by about 2050. But because in previous generations there were you know enough people in those generations that were also having children, we're still the population is still increasing, but it's actually on a trajectory to flatten out in about 30 years or mm. so. It's not going to keep necessarily going up forever. We'll see what happens in the future, but I think people don't realize that sometimes. So I don't know, maybe in the 24th century, it's eight or 9 billion. Isn't there something in first contact where they say that the population is like 9 billion all Vorg? So all maybe Joe. It's 9, 9 billion all Joe. All Joe. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Nine billion, all all on Joverload as all, Joverborgs, Joborgs, yeah, Joverborgs. <laughs> wow, uh, 
Yeah. All anyway, right, Justin, yeah. give us your third and final. Pick. It's nice to have these moments of levity. Yeah. When <laughs> yes. We go from in the midst the of a very heavy discussion about life, <laughs> yeah. listeners, I hope that's not too much. But uh, okay, so I mean, guys, for my third pick, I have to pick one that like almost everybody is thinking about and wondering why we haven't picked yet, right? Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay, and I don't know if you had it for your third pick, Joe, but whatever, I'll take it if it is. I've got choice. It's got to be from the measure of a man, right? Which has oh. some of Picard's most amazing and inspirational moments. Um, I think the one that I that I pick specifically is, you know, they're having this hearing about about Data's rights, and it's basically uh, Picard's closing argument, where he says, "Now the decision you reach here today will determine how we will regard this creation of our genius. It will reveal the kind of a people we are, what he is destined to be." It will reach far beyond this courtroom and this one android. It could significantly redefine the boundaries of personal liberty and freedom, expanding them for some, savagely curtailing them for others. Are you prepared to condemn him and all who come after him to servitude and slavery? Your Honor, Starfleet was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it sits, waiting. You wanted a chance to make law? Well, here it is. Make it a good one. I love that so much because it's it's kind of the the summary of everything that episode is going for. Data is a sentient being. It's important to recognize his rights because if you don't, then you're going to start abusing a whole race and group of people. Um, and if there's even a chance of that, you don't want to do that, I think is Picard's point. Like there's the, the part before where uh, he's talking to Maddox and he's like, well, he meets two of your three criteria for sentience. What if he meets the third and even the smallest degree? Do you know what that makes him? Do you know? I mean, it it's just so amazing. And I think that like before I started watching TNG, I don't think I really thought much about, well, is an android a person? I mean, really the 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 sci-fi that I'd seen up to that point was more about things that are different are dangerous and out to kill you, right? And Star Trek definitely for the most part, takes a different point of view for that. So I think that was the episode and probably the specific moment in that closing argument where I thought, you know what? He is a person that that should have the same rights that we do. And if ever it happens that there's someone that's like Data, we should be really careful about what we do because we don't want to you know, oppress them. We want to make sure if they are sentient beings that we're, we're treating them just as well, hopefully at that point, as we would any other uh, person or, or being. So I, I just had to choose that because it's just one of the most amazing and inspirational moments. I think there's a common theme with Picard and a lot of these inspirational speeches where he's playing, he's playing a lawyer. Star Trek becomes a mm-hmm. law drama and he's, um, he's using the law. Well, two out of my three picks, he's about to die, so... <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just there's a lot of times where he's he's fighting for somebody yeah. else, and mm-hmm. he's been an right. advocate for that person, um, mm-hmm. which is inspirational itself. I would watch the yeah. hell out of Star Trek, Jag. Yeah. Yes. If there was like just purely courtroom drama set on a star uh-huh. base, and people came with their problems and and the show's headlined by Captain Lavoie. Sure, yeah, yeah, do that. I'll watch it. I do like courtroom dramas, so and maybe that's why I 
It, it's an, it, you know, it is a very interesting idea. And on Earl Grey previously, we did talk about all the courtroom dramas in TNG. I think it was even a two-parter. It has happened a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe it's an idea for a series in the future where it's yeah. about legal dramas. I'd watch that. Yeah. yeah. Great pick. And yes, Thank it you. was on everyone's mind. So glad that we if, have that If not out their there. lists. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Joe, your third and final pick. And then I have something that I want to do afterwards before we get to honorary. Well, my third pick was actually the full version of The Measure of a Man, but from you've met the the three criteria down to where Justin's quote ended. Oh, so I stole your pick. You stole it. And then I thought, oh, I can do the little first bit. Okay. But but then you paraphrased it. So like, <laughs> yeah. But I want to hear it stole in Picard's it, voice. Stole it twice. Oh, but I'm sure that there's others on your list, Joe. <laughs> there is. So I think I I was going to choose his bit from the end of the drumhead where he puts <gasps> yes. Judd M. Nora City in her place. But I've done it before on Earl Grey and it wasn't that long ago. So <sighs> I might, well, I'll keep it <sighs> as an honourable an honorable mention. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, I think, so what are you actually going to pick? Well, the last one, the only one I could pick would, was from the the first duty, mm-hmm. where oh. he's talking to Crusher about mm-hmm. truth. Wesley Crusher. Wesley Crusher. Yes. Um, because he's been a bad boy, and <laughs> he didn't. He yeah, he wasn't a good Starfleet officer, um, and he's telling Wesley to come clean about what he's done and tell the truth. And Picard is angry. Like, oh, he is angry, yeah. Yeah, the chill in his voice. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, do not disappoint him ever. No. Mm-hmm. So, you even sat in my chair. I was annoyed, presumptuous child playing on my ship. But I have never forgot how you already knew every control, every display. You behaved as though you belonged on the bridge. And then later, when I decided to make you an acting ensign, I was convinced you could be an outstanding officer. I've never questioned that conviction until now. The first duty of every Starfleet officer is to the truth, whether it's scientific truth or historical truth or personal truth. It is the guiding principle on which Starfleet is based. If you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth about what happened, you don't deserve to wear that uniform. I'm going to make this simple for you, Mr. Crusher. Either you come forward and tell Admiral Brand what really took place, or I will. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. Is the, the is, he didn't pull any punches there? Yeah, and I think it, the inspiration is tell the truth, or Picard's gonna be angry at you. <laughs> yes, but he went so far as to define like like define what truth was in different aspects yeah. of truth, like in the moment. Like he's some kind. There's of, three kinds so, of truth, and you yeah. failed all three. And I was like, <laughs> what? There's there's only one kind of truth, surely. And then he's broken up for us. He's like some kind of superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yes. he's so insightful and incisive and he, he gets to the point really quickly and it's so inspirational. It is, it is definitely. And I think, I don't even remember, maybe Amy, we were talking with Richard about it at, at one point, but 
like there, there's also something that shows you how Wesley has changed because back, way back in season one in Justice, he's like, we're Starfleet officers. We tell the truth. And here Picard is chewing him out four years later that he's not telling the truth and he's concealing something and, and how wrong that is. So, but I like that it's, yeah, because of peer pressure. But, but I mean, th- but those are the circumstances when the most pressure is on your principles, when it shows what you will really do and what you will really believe in, right? Whether you really stand up for it or like, well, you know, I'm just going to go along with what other people are doing. Um, so, but, but I think it's really great because there is a certain consistency that, that truth is important in Starfleet in, in those episodes. I mean, I think there are others where maybe they conceal things from people or it's a different situation, but for the most part, <laughs> I think they, they do say it's important not to conceal things and to, uh, for, for the truth to come out. So I think that's, that's really important. And it's important to remember that and also remember that, that it's, it's important that you, you know, stick to your principles and morals, even if you're pressured by someone else or even if no one else is watching, right? Yeah. Great choice. I think the difference between Wesley and Justice and Wesley when he's been at Starfleet Academy is, I mind we talked about this before, how he's one of the only teenagers we really see in TNG. And so he's, from our perspective, he's virtually surrounded by adults. And that's why in Justice he says, oh, we're Starfleet, because the adults are having a good effect on him. But then when he goes as a teenager to Starfleet Academy, he doesn't have that adult influence to make him behave well, so he succumbs to peer pressure. Yeah. His, it's all Tom Paris' fault. I'm sorry, Nick Lacarno's fault. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tom Paris translates as Nick Lacarno. I mean, it's the same language. actor, so... Yeah, it's a translation. What do you mean then? <laughs> Something like that. That's true. Hmm. True, true facts. <laughs> Fact or fiction? Yeah. Um, no, it's it's definitely a great pick. All right, listeners. So those are our top three picks for inspirational Picard speeches. And there are so many. We just want to try and fit in as many as we can within this podcast. So we are going to do a lightning round. And how that's going to work is we will read the episode title and then the quote and then no comments. And then we'll just go right to the next one. And we'll just go in the same order until we run <laughs> out. And I think I might run out the first. I think I might okay. run out first. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, let's see. Okay. Okay. So my, uh, the wounded. I think when one has been angry for a very long time, one gets used to it. It becomes comfortable like, like old leather. And finally, so familiar that one can't ever remember feeling any other way. Okay. So this is from First Contact, the movie. The acquisition of wealth is no longer the driving force in our lives. We work to better ourselves and the rest of humanity. The drumhead. You know, there are some words I've known since I was a schoolboy. With the first link, the chain is forged. The first speech censured. The first thought forbidden. The first freedom denied. Chains us all irrevocably. Those words were uttered by Judge Aaron Satie as wisdom and warning. The first time any man's freedom is trodden on, we're all damaged. Chain of command. When children learn to devalue others, they can devalue anyone, including their parents. Where silence has lease. 
So this is when uh, the autodestruct is on and Picard is talking to what he thinks is data about death. Considering the marvelous complexity of our universe, its clockwork perfection, its balances of this against that, matter, energy, gravitation, time, dimension, I believe that our existence must be more than either of these philosophies. That what we are goes beyond Euclidean and other practical measuring systems, and that our existence is part of a reality beyond what we understand now as reality. Skin of evil. You say you are true evil. I will tell you, I will tell you what true evil is. It is to submit to you. It is when we surrender our freedom, our dignity, instead of defying you. Justice. The question of justice has concerned me great of late. And I say to any creature who may be listening that there can be no justice so long as laws are absolute. Even life itself is an exercise in exceptions. Riker says, when has justice been as simple as a rule book? First contact the movie. I will not sacrifice the Enterprise. We've made too many compromises already, too many retreats. They invade our space and we fall back. They assimilate, assimilate entire worlds and we fall back. Not again. The line must be drawn here. This far, no further. And I will make them pay for what they've done. The drumhead. Oh no, we cannot allow ourselves to think that. The seventh guarantee is one of the most important rights granted by the Federation. We cannot take a fundamental principle of the Constitution and turn it against a citizen. All right, so I found another one. This is from the Masterpiece Society. They've given away their humanity with this genetic manipulation. Many of the qualities that they breed out, the uncertainty, the self-discovery, the unknown, those are many of the qualities that make life worth living. Well, at least to me. I wouldn't want to live knowing that my future was written, that my boundaries had been already set. Would you? From many episodes. Tea, Earl Grey, hot. Is that inspiring <laughs> to uh, drink tea? Yep. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is perfect. <laughs> from many episodes, make it so. <laughs> yeah. Also from many episodes, engage. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are so funny. <laughs> I mean, oh. Make it so inspires me. It does, <laughs> yes. All right, guys, let's get some final thoughts about uh, today's recording. I just think it was so good. I loved hearing the reasons as to why you thought uh, your picks were inspirational, and I loved how we were able to discuss, you know, how it impacts our lives and, and what we are doing to try and improve our lives and so i thank you for your picks i appreciate it this is the episode where earl gray was the window into our souls wasn't it <laughs> from the a little bit the the depths to kind of elation so thank you guys it's been beautiful yeah i mean it was really great talking about this. I, I wasn't sure where we would go with it, but I think it was a lot of fun to read them and to talk about them and also to go into some some deep topics. But but also, I mean, between all the Star Trek news and talking about like deeper things within ourselves, I'm a little wrung out, guys. <laughs> but but uh, I'm going to have to like take a lie down after this. But um, <laughs> Oh, I'm having a no, glass I, of wine. I've got some Prosecco in the fridge waiting. I'm, I need this now. Yeah, it's later for you in the day than it's it is for us. True, but yeah, yeah. nearly um, bedtime. But, 
But no, I mean, this is a really great discussion. And I think we tried to cover some of the more well-known ones and maybe some some less known ones. But there are, like we always say, so many great Picard moments, so many great Picard speeches. Listeners, tell us the other ones that you have because we'd love to hear them. And I think it's, you know, again, a really great discussion. So thank you originally for suggesting the video about his inspirational speeches, Joe. It inspired a great episode. Yes, it did. And one thing to note, that all of these words were written, you know, by the screenwriters and, and those who yeah, wrote by the By many, episodes. many people, right, who knew the yeah. character. And so we are just truly grateful for them for, you know, letting Patrick Stewart have a voice to inspire us as Picard. Absolutely. So. I mean, like in a lot of ways, I wish that the people that write Star Trek were as well-known and famous as the people that act it because they're equally important. They really are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Joe, tell us what we're going to be talking about next week. So next week is my favorite Earl Grey thing to talk about. And it's the science of TNG. And this is part four. And I think memory serves. We're going to be talking about season seven. I think that's right. I have to go yeah. back and see what we've covered, but you may be Excellent. wrapping it up for the seven seasons of yes. science. But then we'll have the movies to talk about. So yes. Oh, that's, okay. and that's then true. I'm sure Justin to... will mention a novel that had science in it. Of course. Possibly. Yeah. Let's just have like 800 episodes about the science in each novel and we'll read them. Right okay. <laughs> I can do that. Easy. I can read them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a good thing, Joe. <laughs> yeah. But do you have enough time in your lifetime to finish all the novels? Do you know what that really worries me about? How the the sum total <laughs> of human knowledge and mm-hmm. not being able to absorb it by the time I die. Yeah. I There's mean, so if you much were Borg, miss, maybe you could. I know, just download no, 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 and no. transplant it in. There was that time when Seven of Nine tried to like upload all the logs of Voyager while oh, she was right? regenerating yeah. and then she mm-hmm. started to see conspiracy theories oh the Voyager conspiracy yeah yeah and it drove her insane so so not maybe it's idea. keeping your sanity going that you don't know the sum total of human knowledge I wish I did though but you want it anyway yeah <laughs> okay maybe tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah Well, it's been so inspiring talking about Picard's speeches today, but that isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. Here's what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Earl Grey. Okay, that's excellent. And it'll be interesting to see how we interpreted the topic because I know I may have interpreted it uh, maybe a little differently than others did. We'll see. Is this another time travel thing? No, I was going to say no time travel for me as long as... Jellico doesn't come into this. Sure. Okay. That's so we'll make okay. that deal then. Awesome. <laughs> I'm in. All right. Literary treks. And you know the the stakes are are really big. You know we'll we'll get there, but you know this Borg ship threatens Earth and all this kind of stuff, and it just feels like it, it's it's a lot of really comic booky over the top stuff that doesn't quite fit right with the novel that came before it and the novel that came after it, if that makes sense. (laughs) Primitive Culture, a look at history and culture through Star Trek. And Next Gen Arriving was, was this sort of, whoa, 
wow, this is looks incredible. I know when we look at sort of first season next year now, what we're going is, wow, this is really slow and stagey. But in fact, it was it was incredible. It was absolutely um, game changing. The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. Only because I was watching little bits of Emissary recently is that he would see himself wearing that awful purple swimsuit and think, oh God, I can't wear that. <laughs> oh my every, gosh. Every time I see it, I'm like, whoa, I'm really glad I'm not wearing 24th century clothing. <laughs> if you wanted me to murder an entire society, fine. <laughs> but I'm not wearing that bathing suit. Too revealing. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> that's funny. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad or Apple TV or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and written review that helps others to find the show. And we might read your review on the show, right? We probably will now. Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> Eventually. So if you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, Windows Phone, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Earl Grey. That will come right to us and we might read your email on the show like we did today. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. So Amy, where can people contact you when you're not wondering if we might do an episode on Troy's inspirational speeches? <laughs> oh, now I'm going to be thinking about that all the time. Okay, that's, yes, we're going to make that happen. <laughs> all right, well, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, and you can find me right there on the Babel Conference. So, Joe, where can people contact you when you are not drawing a line here and no further? <laughs> when I'm not being offended by your attempts to replicate my accent. Do you see, listeners, why I did not do my Picard accent? Because I get criticized every single time Picard's not Scottish, so... I thought that was your... I thought that was your offensive attempt to try and be me. No. That was your Picard. That's why I don't even, because Joe is going to tease me relentlessly. I honestly thought that was you trying to be me. Which no, is, that's which my is, Picard. He sounds exactly like that. I was spot on. <laughs> we'll have to have Patrick Stewart on to, to be sure about that. Sure. <laughs> okay. okay. Joe, where so can when, people yeah, contact know, you I'm, I'm when you're not giving to, me a hard time? Um, um, well, what, because you make it super easy. Uh, when I'm not doing that... You can get me on Twitter at joeyjoe77uk. You can email me, joepodcasts at gmail.com, or you can find me on the Babel Conference. And Justin, where can people contact you when you're not pretending to be Jean-Luc Picard in the shower? 
<laughs> in the shower? Why there? Just because like people sing in the shower and I have a good Picard authority. I'm in the shower. <laughs> that was good. Amy, Amy, take note. Stop <laughs> it. I'm glad I know your sense of humor, Joe. You oh, really you, like Amy. You're just giving her a hard time. Oh, no, that's, that's you the thing. Like Don't so tell the listeners that. They need to feel sorry for me. Joe is mean. Oh, all right, all right. I'm not mean. I, mean. If I'm, I've told you this before. If I don't like you, <laughs> I just won't really speak to you. But if I like okay. you, I will yeah, Give I will, you a hard time. I come across as mean, but I'm doing it in a friendly, playful way mm. that makes you laugh. You Look, you're laughing now. Yes, okay. See, you're enjoying this teasing. <laughs> All right, Justin, okay. talk to us. Uh, let's see. When I'm not uh, Picard in the shower or apparently going through a therapy session on this episode, um, <laughs> you can find me elsewhere on the uh I almost said elsewhere on the episode, elsewhere on the network, uh, co-hosting The Line. That's our Star Trek Picard podcast. So we've been doing things in the lead up to Picard, and it's exciting. We have a premiere date, January 23rd. So once that comes up, we will be doing episodes to talk about each episode of Picard as it comes out. So that's very exciting. And that's with my friends Christy DeClerc-Zalagi and Brandon Shea-Matala. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at TrekFan4747, where I tweet about nothing but Star Trek. You can find me hanging around the Babel Conference and apparently pretty soon starting a Facebook group called Talking Like Picard in the Shower. I mean, why not? Please do. I will join. <laughs> I'm too disturbed to start it, actually. But <laughs> Don't post any videos that might get his banned. I know. I know. I'll, I'll try not to find videos of Patrick Stewart in the show. Anyway, let's keep going. Keep moving. Wait. Is that, <laughs> is that a thing? If you'd like to help us keep all of our shows coming to you, I don't know why you would do that. But <laughs> I, f- I feel like we're so off the rails that uh, we, we might are. as well just not. Be well, back it's because we're drunk on Trek with all the yeah. trailer and the short treks coming out and inspirational yeah. speeches. Like we, it's like just it's are... like a little kid who stayed up too late and they still want to run around even though they're yes. like crazy because they've stayed up too late. That's <laughs> how I am right now. That's exactly Apologies. right. Well, you too can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Hashtag still listening. <laughs> Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, The Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. We'd like to take this opportunity to recognize our current associate producers, Norman Lau, Michael Huter, Thomas Appel, Chris Trebuzio, Jim McMahon, Joe Keegan, and me, Justin Ozer. Thank you for supporting Trek FM and especially Earl Grey. So why no bonus question? I want a bonus question. Oh, we you want me to give you a bonus? So over time, I know, next time. But, but like we've had like um, we've had episodes that are one hour forty three okay. minutes long. Quick, okay, okay. Wait. Quick bonus Wait, question. Quick bonus question. Quick, quick bonus question oh. for everyone who is still somehow listening. Uh, <laughs> what is one element, the first thing that comes to mind that you're most looking forward to about the Picard series? Amy, Troy. Okay. Joe? I mean, the Rikers. The Rikers, yeah, and their son. Um, uh, One thing, first that comes to mind. Seeing what happened with the destruction of Romulus. Okay. And that rescue fleet that went out to save them all. I'm going to cheat and say everything. 
Because <laughs> uh, I, I really Time am. travel. <laughs> yeah, I hope there's going to be some time travel in there. Anyway. No, I'm saying and your answer is like You know what? Admiral like Jellicoe is going to come back, Joe. You'll have yes. to watch that. <laughs> Not watch it. Well, Not join us it. next time. <laughs> Can we close this yes. now? <laughs> sure. So join us next time for another cup of Earl Grey. Mood? Not in the mood. Mood's a thing for cattle in love play. <laughs> what is that from? What is that from? It's Patrick Stewart's character in Dune. Oh, I see. Oh my gosh. Mm. We're keeping it in. It's my thing. Joverload. <laughs> Great joy and gratitude. Justin, I thought you were going to do your things are only impossible until they're not. No, I thought that is your line. But you don't get to decide what people do, Amy. I know, but I just was free surprised speech, you didn't do speech, it. Free speech, free speech. Are you guys still recording? I hope so. Um, oh, I was going to keep that on. <laughs>